message is radical love. I hope I can live up to this awesome back wall Pastor Brian developed uh, with this message. But I'll, I'll tell you what, it's important that you don't just listen to this message and yet it's important that you get a theological understanding of love, uh, a theoretical understanding of love. You can find out where the scriptures are, where you can read about the love. But if I'm doing my job properly this morning and I don't have the switch for this, my heart's desire is that you yield to the love of God that he's pouring out on you right now, that you experience it. Paul said this, I know and believe the love of God. When he said he knows it, he wasn't talking about, I know where to find it in the Psalms. He has experienced being loved by the Lord. And so if you haven't had that yet, maybe you've seen the bumper sticker, Jesus loves you. Maybe you've seen the t-shirt. Maybe somebody told you. Maybe they were rude about it. Jesus loves you. Right? You know, sometimes people are crazy, but I can't help, I, I can't help that. <laughs> you know? Sometimes people say right things with, with the wrong heart, and, you know, if you're not careful, you'll let it spoil. The truth here is that Jesus is loving you right now. And you could dial in to what he's doing. And you can forget about what everybody else has to say and just let him love you. And so with that being said, I'm one of the pastors here. I'm an associate pastor. It's, my name is Adam. Uh, so uh, let's just pray before we jump into this word. Thanks, Pastor Mike and Pastor Linda, Pastor Brian. Um, it's a great team to work with. Father, I thank you. I can already sense your love just brooding over every single person here and, and online. Lord, and I ask that that turns into a real touch, that it becomes real by the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Help me as, as, as I declare your words of truth in Jesus' name. So let's look at this in Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 43. Um, now this is the tail end of the Beatitudes. Um, listen to this. You have heard that it was said... You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Sounds fair enough to me. You know. But Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For He makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your Father, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And so the standard here of perfection is the Father, which is God-like. That's pretty heavy. But what he's saying is, the way to get there, the way to, to be like Him is to not just love those who love you back, not just greet those that are your buddies, um, but to love those who hate you, who are your enemies. And that's how you become like your Father. Um, and so, let's wait a minute here. That's, that's, it's, it's pretty, pretty high standard. You know, let's face it, it's probably impossible. So let's define enemies. Maybe the translators made a mistake, you know. 
I'm just being, I'm just, I'm being ridiculous to prove a point here. Come on. You know, are we talking about the people who are trying to kill you, to hurt you, to rob you, to set you up, to tear you down, to get you fired, have you out in the street? Um, they rejoice every time something bad happens to you. I'm like, yeah, you know, is, 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 are these the people Jesus is talking about loving? I mean, I thought I was on your side, Jesus, and these guys, right? These guys are against me, so they must be against you. And, and, and so what's, what's going on here? Let's go to the Greek. Well, the Greek we're here for enemy is uh, to hate, to be hateful, passively or actively, okay? So if somebody's actively hating you, it means they're doing something, you know? They're odious, they're hostile, you know, and uh, it just goes on and on like that. So, yeah, enemy means enemy. There's no way out of this, okay? There's no way out. You can't wiggle out of this. That's human nature. Find the laws. Is there a way around this? Because, again, it's, it's impossible, and, you know, it just doesn't come naturally to any of us unless you're fooling yourself. So there's different kind of enemies, you know. You've got... Those that are actively and openly trying to take you out. Maybe they're enemies of your country. Maybe they're ideological enemies or religious enemies or some kind of crazy campaign beyond your control. It's systemic. You know, whether they're immediately going to take you out, it's an immediate threat, or they're chipping away over time. There's also plotters. There's schemers who are secretly trying to take you down. And some of them you know about, and some of them you don't. You know, King David said it this way, Psalm 55, 21, his talk was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were as soothing as oil, yet they are drawn swords. Wow. You know, I don't know if you've ever encountered something like that. If you're alive in the world today, I imagine you did. You know what I mean? Smooth as oil, you know, but they're just daggers, you know. And then you have the betrayers. They were once your friends. They were once your loved ones. It could have been a spouse. It could have been a parent. And they turned on you. Or is it that they were playing you all along? So who knows? And sometimes we're left dealing with the aftermath of the things that our enemies have inflicted on us so, uh, King David said it this way again in Psalm 55. It's not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It's not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could have just hidden from them. Instead, it was you, my equal, my companion and close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together in the house of God. Bringing our faith into this. The, the, the rivers we crossed together. The victories we encountered together in prayer. The answered prayer that we agreed on one day, but it was you. And Jesus is like, yeah, that one. Love them. Love her. Love that one. It's like, give me a break, you know? Can I hate somebody? You know, like, where, where, where do we draw the line here, Jesus? And again, I'm being ridiculous to point something out here. It's just impossible to do this in our own strength. Now, you can fake it. You can try to be nice to somebody who you really hate, and you can be in denial about whether you hate them or not, and 
try to be nice and you become like double-minded and, and, it, and it just never is recorded in heaven as being love. And it never really gets added to your account because it wasn't genuine. So when Jesus is saying love your enemies, he's saying do it genuinely, by the way. Mean it with all your heart, by the way. That means you got to get to the place where you see them the way God sees them or don't even bother. And this, here's the other thing. He wasn't suggesting we do this. Hey, bro, if you really want to get things going here, I suggest do it. No, he commands this. And it's like, well, come on. Now you're taking away all my options, and you're telling me to do something that is, quite frankly, impossible. Right? And, and, and listen, Jesus exemplified this. All right, so where are we going to get this kind of love? We have to, because it doesn't come, we don't come born with it. It's not part of the toolkit we're born with. So we got to get it externally. We got to go somewhere to get that kind of love in order to give that kind of love. Is that making sense? I, was I ridiculous enough to point out that this isn't part of, you know, our human nature? We need to, we need to have a crash collision with Jesus where nothing remains the same after that, where the wineskins are switched out. You know, because what Jesus is talking about, loving your enemies, that's new wine. And it doesn't fit into an old wineskin. It'll burst it. The old wineskin cannot handle new wine of loving your enemies. And so you need a hardware upgrade. You need a hardware change. We need to get the wineskin, and this is how to get the wineskin that can handle the new wine that includes loving your enemies. It's actually pretty simple. This is an easy message. I mean, I did a lot of research, but I'm telling you, like, it, it can't get any simpler than this. Jesus exemplified it. He healed a Roman oppressor's servant. He healed another one's daughter. They were his enemies. They were the enemies of the Jews. They were occupying Israel, and they were... Come on, they forced the Israelites to be second-class citizens. You know, anything could happen to you. And yet, and Jesus was one of them. He was one of the Jews of that era. And a Roman came up to him, and he healed his, he healed his servant. And then he healed another one's daughter. And he even commended one. So great a faith I've never even seen in Israel. He was loving his enemies. He showed you it's possible. He operated supernatural healing for his natural enemies. He was showing you that it's possible. There's a way to do this. Think about this. The Pharisees and the religious crowd, they did not like the fact that Jesus went to parties with tax collectors, prostitutes, and all the rest of them. He went there, and he was loving these people. There was another time a lady came and anointed his feet, and then the Pharisees were just thinking, what kind of prophet is this? He lets a woman like that anoint his feet? Isn't he afraid like some of those demons are going to rub off on him? You know, he's getting up with sore feet in the morning. Right? That's how religious Christians think about it too. Right? Oh, don't let them touch you. you know, listen, Jesus was loving her. He's like, listen, she's been forgiven already, and she loves me greatly because she's been forgiven of much. I mean, you didn't you didn't help me, you didn't wash my feet, you didn't nothing for me. 
And so, listen, no matter who you are, what you've been through, what you've done and taken part in, how you've been identified over time, Jesus is loving you right now. And so Jesus ran a whole list of categories of people um, he said to love. Love the Lord? Easy. Sure. In theory. Love your neighbor? That's a stretch. But okay, fine. Makes sense. Love your neighbor. We'll have a good community if everybody's doing it. Right? Love your family? Okay, well, you know, it could be tough. Yeah, you know, take some, you lose some, you know. Love the lost? Yeah, that makes sense. Love your brothers and sisters in the faith? Yeah, sure. Love the sick and needy and vulnerable? Yeah, okay. Like, it makes sense. I get it. Love foreigners and strangers? Okay, you're pushing it. People I don't know? People that are different than me, that speak other languages, that wear different kind of clothes, like different kind of music? Yeah, he's like, love them. Okay, fine. Love the authorities and the rulers? Okay, come on. These guys are causing all the trouble. The inflation, the corruption. Are you watching the news? Because we're commanded to pray for the authorities. We're commanded to pray. And you can't pray for someone you don't love. Well, you can fake it. You can, you can come on. You can get all religious about it. You can, you can check the box. But power is not going to flow there until love's flowing there. And then he tops the list with this. Love your enemies. Come on. Come on, it's so good because this is where we know for sure he's not talking about a love that's natural. This is why, this is why he drew that line. You can't fool yourself into drumming up this kind of love on your best day. But I can give it to you freely. You know? You can't bring this to the table and offer it to God. You don't have it. We don't have the goods. So here's what he didn't say. He didn't say... When he said love your enemies, he didn't say lose to your enemies. He didn't say be passive, be a doormat, let them, let them destroy you, walk all over you. He didn't say that. Because um, love is a winning strategy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says love never fails. Well, since love never fails, that means love always wins. And so Jesus is giving us the key to winning that is so counterintuitive all of humanity missed it until he brought it up. This is how you win. You win by loving. He said this, uh, or, or another scripture says, do not be overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. He says, don't lose. This is a winning recipe. You're going to win so long as you stay on love. And you can't lose. All right? And then look, this is the victory that overcomes the whole world, the whole cosmos, and everything in it, even our faith, well, you know, faith works by love. And love believes all things and hopes all things. It's all coming back to love. Your victory, you fulfilling your destiny, you walking in your purpose is entirely dependent on love. On a love you didn't bring to the table. And so let's, let's, let's see how we really get this love because Jesus exemplified it. He commended us. He said about it. He talked about it. But that's not where it ended with him. Come on. He said, I declared to them in John 17, 26, I have declared unto them your name, and I will declare it, that the love wherewith you loved me may be in them and I in them. 
He's talking about covenant. He's talking about Jesus coming in with all of his love. Jesus moving into your heart with all of the Father's active love. Just imagine the Niagara Falls being poured out on you and it's all love. And Jesus moves in with that and it doesn't shut off. It's a current. He doesn't just love you once. It's a constant current that is constantly ever flowing in every living moment and you can miss it if you want to. Or you can have as much of it as you want to. And so, Lord, I just ask you right now, touch us with that love. Let us become aware of your presence and your love and your goodness right now in this moment. And so, and again, in John 15, uh, it says this, uh, 9 to 11, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Wow. So He's given us all the love and all the joy. All right, so that's a lot of things that Jesus said. But I want you to, I want you to know He wasn't just talking love. He wasn't just doing miracles. He did something far greater. The epitome of Jesus loving us is captured here in Romans chapter 5, verses 5 to 8. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us while we were still weak. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare to even die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Just let that hit you. He wasn't waiting for us to get on His team before He loved us because we couldn't. It says that Christ died for the ungodly. So if you're ungodly, you meet the criteria. Right? The only people Jesus had a problem with with this was the people that didn't think they were ungodly. They didn't think they had a problem. Right? They didn't think they weren't free. They didn't think they had... Come on. <laughs> Jesus said, look, you, know, you, don't send, you don't send a doctor to the healthy. You send them to the sick. And if you can't get there in your head to recognize that your sin has made you an enemy, because that's what sin does. It's sin that puts us at war with God. That's what happened. That's what created the hostility. That's what created uh, the independence. That's what created the rift. It's sin. And so look at Romans 5.10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. Guys, it doesn't get any better than this. Every time I get to preach here and talk about Jesus, I can't get past the fact that it just can't get, in, can't get any better, and then I keep reading and it just gets even better. He, this is how simple it comes down to. The, Jesus didn't just say, I love you. He didn't just write a poem. He didn't just sing a song. He died for us on the cross. And it wasn't just a regular, it wasn't a quick one. Right? He was up on a cross, naked, embarrassed, you know, beaten to a pulp. Like, 
this is how much he's loving us. That was the moment where he fulfilled the magnificence of God's love to you, and it's that love he's loving you with right now. And he's doing it to his enemies. Most people don't even think of it, don't even consider it. I'm not his enemy, I'm pretty good. But listen, like, if you failed in any of the commandments of the law, you would pick any of the Ten Commandments. It puts you in that, you, we were born in, into sin. And then we sinned all by ourselves. Come on. And so what happens is he needs to reconcile, he needs to bridge that gap for us. And the way he does it is by pouring out his love. Look at this in Colossians 1, 21 to 22. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. All those things about being holy and blameless and no reproach before God Almighty, that all happens on the same basis that receiving Jesus and his love happens. It happens by faith. It happens by faith because the grace has been poured out. He's already done everything he's needed to do for you to be uh, inherit eternal life, to become one with him, to be forgiven of all sin, even healing and even provision and get on track with your destiny and your purpose and your giftings and, and have community in the church. But the thing that he's done most is he's given himself to us. I love you so much that I am eternally committing myself to you. The greatest thing the Father could give you was His Son. And that's what happens when you receive Him and what He did on the cross. What happens is when Jesus moves in, love moves in. The joy moves in. The righteousness moves in. And it all happens by faith. Faith is like the catcher's mitt that allows you to lay hold of what God is throwing your way today. It is by uh, grace that it may be by faith. Another scripture says, he that has the Son has life. And so what happens when you receive Jesus by faith is the, a fundamental transformation that I was talking of, of wineskins takes place. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus, created for good works. And what happens is now you, <laughs> come on, now you have the wineskin, you have a new wineskin that can withhold and maintain and pour forth the new wine of God's love, and that includes loving his enemies, loving your enemies. Because when you recognize something, wait a minute, Jesus didn't die for just all those enemies, he died for this enemy, me, Adam. He died for me. And so when, 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 when I recognize that and, and I'm receiving a love that overcomes hostility, even within myself, come on, guess what happens? I have a transformation. We call it being born again. It's so radical. It's so different. It's so 180 degrees in the other direction. It's like having a brand new life. And it is. And so... Listen, it's pretty simple. Just be loved. Let Him love you. Come on. Uh, let Him love you and then let that love transform you and then begin loving others. 
you ever, I don't know if it was a coach or I don't know, it could have been a preacher or you're on Facebook or YouTube or you got onto a reels, a bunch of reels or, and, and, and just some notable speaker or something says, you know, your greatest enemy is yourself. Greatest enemy is looking at you in the mirror. And maybe you don't feel like that anymore, but I'm sure you've had moments, you know, self-sabotage, you know. Have you ever sabotaged yourself, whether you did it on purpose or not? And you think, geez, what's going on? Or, 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 or your cousin or your uncle or somebody came along and said, you know, you're your own worst enemy. You know, and, and I'm not going to put that on you today, but I, but I know that I felt like that about myself, you know. And there are things that I could blame myself for, not even sometimes just outright sinning. Sure, I could blame myself for that. Sometimes it's just a bad decision. It cost me some money. You know, even 20 bucks, I can't stand it. You know? And then, uh, listen, in order to fulfill God's command of love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you hate yourself, that's how you're going to love your neighbor. So it's not going to be love, is it? You're going to hate your neighbor the same way you hate yourself. Now, you can fool yourself about the whole process. But the key to loving your neighbor is to let God love you because we love him because he first loves us. So we get into that flow. And then we recognize, wait a minute. If God loved the unlovable, which is me, then probably he sees something I don't know about me and I need to repent and change my mind about who I really am, especially in regards to him. And so I agree with you, Lord, and I, and I join with your love toward myself. And I love myself, and that might mean i got to forgive myself for all the stupidity. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know, flew off the handle, said something I shouldn't have said, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, and then you forgive yourself and you allow yourself to flow with God's love. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of that, you're able to love your friends. And since you're able to love the first enemy on the list, which is yourself, you're able to love every other enemy you got. How about that? If you can love the first one, if you can love the one in the mirror, you can love any single one of them out there. You know? And so, <laughs> and so think about how much, how much freedom is in that. You know, you can love yourself. Because the way that God started loving you was by forgiveness. He forgave, right? And so, you know, and then you start to think about your enemies. i got to forgive them. Let me tell you something about Christianity. You won't make it very far. And you won't stick around very long if you're collecting grudges or if you have unforgiveness or you get offended. Like, we know this. We talk about this a lot, but it's so key, even on a daily basis, to scan your heart and see if there's anything that comes close to unforgiveness, grudge keeping, um, collecting grudges, you know, all that kind of stuff. Forgive it. Because you need that for a pure heart. It's so important. Because the, Jesus said, blessed are those that have a pure heart for they shall see God. That's what I want. I want to see Him. You know what I mean? And I can't see Him with trash in my heart. You know? And it's, so it's, it's one of those things that, okay, there's sin that's got to be forgiven on my end. There's sin that I've got to forgive on your end. And it's like Jesus' daily prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Like, come on, a lot of us learned that one in school. You know, it was all like off by heart by grade one. 
And uh, it never really meant anything until I got born again. You know, like it still felt a little better after I said it 50 times. But I'm telling you, it makes a whole world of difference when you have an understanding, when you're experiencing the things that you're praying about. I mean, come on. And so, I, I, this might be a shorter message today, but I, 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 like, I really just, I commend you to the radical love of God. He loved you radically. He didn't love you a little bit. He went all in on you. He was all up on that cross. He was okay with it. The Scripture says we look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. Because he was, you're the joy that he had. I'm the joy. I'm the prize at the end of all of this suffering. You're the prize. And it was his radical love of an enemy that caused him to endure the beating, to endure the insult, to endure even the spit in the face and everything they did to him, to endure uh, allowing these people to nail him to the cross. He said, I could call 10,000 times 10,000 of angels and we can go scorched earth here. He had every right to. But guess what? That would, have, that would have put an end to me. Come on, that would have put an end to all of us. But he didn't want that. He, he, he didn't want anybody to go down that road. And so he was willing to pay the price that we ought to have paid. And so I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to really consider the call that Jesus has on your life, that he's loving you right now, that you could receive him. And if you've received him 20 years ago or last month here or whatever the case may be, there's always more. And I, and I know this message on some level is a challenge to make a change and think, okay, is there any unforgiveness in my life because of what an enemy has done to me and the effects that I have to live with? Listen, if you want to be healed of it, start with forgiving. It's because you love somebody that is an enemy doesn't mean you let them back in to do it again either, by the way. It's not stupidity we're recommending here, right? We're not recommending that, right? Once a person breaks trust, that, you know, like you, but the thing is you can forgive and you can love, but the thing is you don't have to allow uh, that kind of thing to happen again. You have, you're allowed to have boundaries too, right? And so it's not just, I told you, it's a recipe for winning, not for losing. You know what I mean? And so if you're too religious about it, you might just think, well, that's what you need to do. Well, no, it's not. And so, just in case you're considering that, um, the, the mandate of this church, the, the vision of this church, we want to see this nation in revival. Come on, Pastor Mike was ta- started out the service talking about revivals breaking out all over this country. We're seeing it here in this very church. Come on. And, and, and listen, part of it is, listen, if we're going to get the evangelism, we're going to evangelize God's enemies. So that means we have to love them the way He loves them. Um. The Scripture says we're ambassadors of reconciliation. I have a mandate from heaven to mediate, to to preach the gospel, to give good news to people that either don't know Jesus or are against Him. Listen, He's good. We want a good thing to happen to this nation. And so, let's bring good news to this nation. Let's bring revival to this. That's what revival really is. Come on. We're people walking in love. This is the miraculous, supernatural love I commend to you today. Um, and so, for those of you who are, who are listening, there's a few prayers I want to pray with you after. But, like, it all starts with receiving Jesus. 
And so I, I talked about what Jesus did for you. And I talked about what he did for others. But like you have a moment now where you can just say yes. All you need to bring to the table is a yes. And so, Father, right now, for those that are watching, for those that are in the room, I ask you to touch. I ask you to save. I ask you to heal. I ask you to deliver. The easiest thing I could suggest to you is by faith, just swinging open the gates of your heart and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come in and be my Lord and Savior. I humble myself to you. So if you can put that prayer up on the back wall, this is a simple way of formalizing your faith that brings you into a covenant with God. And so let's all say this together. Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me learn about you and to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for receiving me. So a couple of things. If you said that prayer and you meant it, something happened to you. Jesus moved in by the Holy Spirit. Your life is now different. Come on. And it just gets better and better and better. So I'm going to continue to pray with you. I'd ask at this moment if you would stand. Because I'm just going to pray that the love of God touches down like never before. And you can repeat after me on this one too. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know you're loving me right now. In this moment, help me become aware of that. Your saving love, your saving grace, your faith. Lord, I forgive myself even as you have forgiven me. You don't hold anything against me, and I no longer hold anything against myself. Even as you are loving me, I jump in that river. And I love myself also. I ask that your love transforms me. I thank you for this new wine skin. And I thank you for this new wine. By the Holy Spirit, I receive the love of Jesus. I will never be the same. My faith is grown today. I'm going from faith to faith today. In Jesus' name. I ask that you heal me. Any area in my heart where there's brokenness, heal it. Purify it. Even in my mind, heal it. In Jesus' name. I receive that healing. I declare that I am whole, that I am one, in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you for a baptism of love, for a fresh baptism 
of the Holy Spirit and fire. Release the gifts of the Spirit on a whole other level in my life. I commit to your purpose for my life, your plan for my life, and to glorify you all the days of my life. Now as for my enemies, I don't ignore them. I don't pretend they don't exist. I forgive them right now. And I thank you for your love that you have to them. And I join that love. I ask that you heal, save, and deliver them. And again, I ask you, for any effects that have happened to me as a result of the actions of my enemies, that you heal me, that you restore me, that you make it better than it ever was. You restore the time, you restore the money, you restore the joy, and restore the health. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Wow. So I'm just going to pray for you. You can just sort of receive, get in like that receiving posture. Father, you took us somewhere today. You went deep, you went high, you went wide. Lord, I ask you, move by your Spirit at Capital City Church. Come, Holy Spirit. We ask you to save this nation and revive this nation. We ask you to make this place healthier and healthier, better and better. Cause us to grow. Cause new families and friends to come into this congregation to know you the way we do as we go from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, I thank you for an open heaven. In Jesus' name, I have the feeling that some of you just, the Lord was touching you and then you just went right away back to thinking about the money thinking about the bills, thinking about the problems, thinking about all that stuff. That's okay. Guess what? In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask that you meet all those needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Perfect love casts out all fear. That includes the fear of the future, worry, doubt, unbelief, timidity, come on, anxiety, nervousness, even depression in Jesus' name. Perfect love, radical love casts that out in Jesus' name. And I declare good days ahead of you. I declare that the Lord has crowned your year with harvest. That you will go from faith to faith, from victory to victory, and glory to glory in Jesus' name. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Come on, for the place where the sole of your foot shall tread upon, the Lord has given you. I release your power, your authority, and your dominion to the church. Thank you, Father. We walk with the Holy Ghost. We walk with Jesus. That means we're walking in the light. We're walking in the Spirit. We're walking by faith. And we're walking in victory in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, there's, a, there's something in Psalm 115. He will increase you, you and your children, more and more. Come on. Some of you are thinking, what about my kids? Come on. Your kids are blessed right now. We bless that whole kids club. 
We bless all the kids of Capital City Church. We bless it in Jesus' name. Amen.